Jeez, how believe I gotta go to movies and watch you do this unoriginal thing. By the way, I want the Snyderverse back. Get the fuck out of here. I like how that's the same guy, and it's weird that Yoda is such a Snyder stan. I, I would think that he would mm. be. Follow him to ends of the earth, I will. <laughs> yes. Favorite part is all slow motion. I see. <laughs> Much better than the actual <laughs> cut. The Snyder <laughs> cut was. I mean, you're Eden, not wrong, Yoda. Crazy you are. <laughs> in a bad way. <laughs> Return. The Snyder cut has. <laughs> Around the Snyderverse, a perimeter created. <laughs> Saga, you know we gotta represent Talking about Batman, the show from 66 Like Zack, like Biff Honestly, it was the best Burt Ward, Julie Newmar, R.I.P. to Adam West Yes, the Batcave, and we love Wayne Manor Couldn't sit still When I heard that na-na-na-na-na-na-na We could not forget it, every week we had to check it He's the number one vigilante and the greatest detective Yeah, pull up in the Batmobile You can't stop him, get him on the Batphone This is Pop Saga Hello and welcome to Pop Saga, where we continue our quest to watch all of Batman '66 and to this gonna gonna redo this one again. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> My haunting is already tra- starting to take effect. <laughs> no, not Feral Don Bardo, <laughs> who's also a ghost now somehow. Well, I mean, he's really dead. <laughs> yeah well there you go uh, r.i.p to don pardo as well okay all right well, let's do this again <laughs> hello and welcome to pop saga where we continue our quest to watch all batman 66 episodes and to discuss it to you at nauseum yeah i don't like the way that sounds hold on let's do this one more time <laughs> this is what i get for writing this while being in a meeting <laughs> <laughs> And I was mad. I was very mm-hmm. mad. All right. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Pop Saga, where we'll continue our quest to watch all of Batman 66 so you don't have to, even though we recommend you should. Today, we will be talking about episodes 9, Zelda the Great, and episode 10, A Death Worse Than Fate, both from season 1, written by Lorenzo Simple Jr., so you know it's a good one, and directed by Norman Foster. I am John Vol Ekdel. Eccentric San Franciscan magician arms dealer. And as always, I'm joined by Forrest the Pretty Okay. How are you doing, Forrest? <laughs> well, I'm doing great. And um, I, I mean, that's a huge compliment for me. I'm Pretty Okay is great. In my book, that's, uh, that is as, as good as Zelda the Great. Yeah, good. I'm glad you feel it's that way. totally the way i intended it (laughs) totally so these couple of episodes i thought were really interesting i was surprised i didn't really remember zelda the great and uh after last week's like little next week zelda the great i was like who the (laughs) who the fuck is that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um zelda the great no thank you (laughs) yep 
and I was just like, okay, so um, this is weird. But uh, I thought the episode itself was super interesting. Not a single fist fight in this one. No, uh, a lot of uh, crafty maneuvering. It, it's funny, like I, you know, I mentioned that this was Lorenzo Simple Jr. and he wrote like some of the earlier ones we watched. And I generally like the ones that he's been writing, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the Mister Freeze one was okay, and and I think he did write the Penguin one. You know that famous bat rope. That's the famous bat rope. Let's see how he deals with my penguin line. Like, just it's just a. You also have a rope penguin. Um, but this one. <laughs> This series was really interesting, and yeah, to your point, not as uh, not a single fist fight, but they still had to get in some of the uh, overlaid, like you know, hit effects, like really at the beginning. Yeah, when that's that, true. When that guard I thought, gets bonked, <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> he got bonked. The fucking, he's dead. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that poor guard. Um, well, I mean, since we're talking about the guard anyway, let's just go, let's just jump right into these fun two episodes. I was just gonna yeah. say that uh, there is something about it, it. Feels like this episode was maybe a little more grown up for whatever reason, and then they ended up doing a lot of really cool detective work in this one that we'll talk about. And I don't know, there was something about it that was I, I really enjoyed. But um, let's uh, let's ju- let's just jump right in. Yeah, all right. So, first one is episode uh, nine, Zelda the Great from season one. And, uh, yeah, I always like these intros because it's we always know we're going to get some sort of stock footage of someplace. And then something heinous is going to happen, like, immediately after uh, William Dozer says the first thing, right? Like, yeah. You know, opens on a quiet, peaceful night, except at the bank at exactly eight thirty-seven p.m. I was like, "Wow, okay, some shit's about to go down." <laughs> and I mean, and the camera shake tells us something really big went down because there was a there's like a huge explosion, and we cut to the inside, and there's a very weird masked person. It almost looked like they were using the the elephant gas mask from. The fir- very first episode, but it's just a weird sort of kind of almost geometric fox-like gas mask. It did its job, though, because it kind of um, hid the shape. It really did. of the person, like, I wasn't even bothering to pay attention. I was like, well, I don't know who that is. That could be anybody, even though, you know, like you said, the last episode primed you with a Zelda the Great. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, that, that doesn't look like a Zelda. That's like a Marvin or a, you know, like a Steven or something. I don't know. Yeah. The Burnt like Umber Bandit. Um, but I, I, it was also crazy, I think, when the, the security guard goes in there and he's just like, uh, don't move. The, the, <laughs> the crook. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just. Uh, opens fire in yeah. with the tiniest little provocation to something you're not used to from from security guards at least in, in this show and i was like oh my god he just shot that guy but not even there's it's not even worthy of a reaction from his target that 
it doesn't even make that much of an effect. And the, the take the security guard does to his gun. What? what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks at it like he's horrified, like, what? And then, yeah, he's beamed over the head. Yeah, and then had that crazy kind of like starburst effect playing right over. And I was like, oh, damn, we're starting early. <laughs> yeah, and it went uh, like for a really long time. It's like they needed to, to keep up the animation budget or they weren't going to get it next episode or something because, yeah, they just like what <laughs> seemingly like 30 seconds of, of starburst animation. Um, but it's from there over to the police uh, HQ, HQ, as they say, across the pond. And, uh, you know, <laughs> again, one of the reasons I like this so much is that people are kind of acting out of character a little bit. And I say that because Commissioner Gordon is actually, like, giving the business to his officers. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's like, you know, it's all false. Sure. Not saying obviously, you know, we know he's an act, actor and mm-hmm. all that stuff, but no, this one was just like, hey, what about you? What about you, Gordon? You going out there solving crimes? <laughs> yeah. Really, I mean, this has been happening for two years, and really, who's the fault of, of whose fault is it really uh that this 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 uh dastardly villain has not been apprehended? They they strike on the same day over two years and you still can't like everyone's like wow I forgot it's April first today that banded and struck again of course yeah I mean why didn't they call Batman after the first heist two years <laughs> ago you know like <laughs> and how is Batman not aware yeah there's a lot of questions from this you know the more you talk about it the more this episode was bullshit Um. (laughs) Uh, but then of course like all of this i think to your point what you were kind of getting at before is that all of this is sort of performative because it's just an excuse to go and call batman just like before yeah it it all that's why i said before i wanted to kind of see uh you know a GCPD 66. I want to see what they do when Batman's not around. It would just be Parks and Rec until there's a crime and they just call Batman. (laughs) Every episode ends with them calling Batman. (laughs) Yep. But I guess I guess to their point, they did wait two years before calling Batman in on this one. So at least they tried. But they (laughs) in trying they have showed us that they this is the reason why they're calling batman all the time because they can't it takes them two years to find out what batman solves in seemingly 24 hours he figured out everything like alfred (laughs) alfred solves it faster than the police department yeah so far it's like one in nine with these uh gcpd guys yeah i'm giving them partial credit for that uh you know coming in because you know robin told them where they were going in that uh mr freeze episode but they still showed up late (laughs) i'm taking it away it's zero nine they haven't zero nine oh for sure but is this the first appearance of the bat signal on the show it is it is 
because that's super fresh in my mind now. And I was like, there's been no bat signal. But I, I, I did appreciate this. And the fact that it was such a serious. So we've had the Riddler, the Penguin, the Joker, Mr. Freeze, and now Zelda the Great. Zelda the Great's the one who yielded the first use of not only the phone, but the bat signal. Well, like, they are basically super behind on their homework, right? And it's taking them two years, they have no leads, and so now they're just like, everything. They're like, okay, you call them, I'll put on the bat signal, we got, oh my god, we are in so much trouble. What if the mayor hears about this? (laughs) Can I copy off your paper? No? Okay, well, we'll go find her. Batman. Oh, Batman, please. We, we did such a bad job. We, were, we, were we had everything. O'Hara is useless. And he does drugs. <laughs> he does so much drugs. He's such a drunk. Did you see that nose? Batman. He's drunk right now. I can yeah. smell the peppermint schnauz on his breath. Yeah, we had to we had to clean the bat phone one day. We we came in and uh, we lived, uh, he left a turd on top of it, but underneath the glass. <laughs> He's a menace to society, Batman. You gotta stop Save O'Hara. us from Chief O'Hara, Batman. He's so uh, look at him. He's he's got that look in his eye. He's gonna hit me again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Trigger turn, warning. Turned real dark. Yeah. Yeah, it it got bad there. Um but Oh, it's a sixty six. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> People shit on phones all the time in the sixties. That's what I heard. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was nonstop phone shitting back then, that's what I hear. It was yeah. all Woodstock and shitting on phones. Yeah. Well, form of protest. Yeah. More corn niblets, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it was cool, uh, you know, uh, they fired off the bat signal, then we shoot over to Wayne Manor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're um, they're out on the... They, no one can get a hold of Batman. I think they, they uh, make that clear. And it's because Bruce and uh, Dick and Alfred are out on the balcony... Looking through a very powerful telescope. It's a very small telescope, but apparently, uh, even like this sort of hobbyist thing can see the rings of Saturn. I mean, well, shit, he's got Bruce Wayne money. He, when he goes into like the hobby store, he just looks straight at the top shelf. You know what I mean? Yep. I uh, bought this hobby store. Um, yeah. but. <laughs> Yep. I like model making. What? Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's uh, they Bruce Bruce goes into some pretty deep sort of like uh, thing about how looking out into space reminds him how small and insignificant he is, and I guess that that sort of revelation to Dick is really like more of a punishment or some sort of an admonishment that he didn't also think of that because he's just like, I'll look at the rings of Saturn differently next time. Um, I mean, you're not pleasing Batman. doesn't matter what you do. Even this. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But it's actually Aunt Harriet that sees the bat signal. And, uh, of course, that uh, prompts Bruce to rem- to suddenly remember that they had two tickets 
to uh, lecture on Latin American studies down at City Hall <laughs> that they had to get to. Like, immediately. Yep. Like, it's like 9.30, I think, at this point. Because, like, if the crime came in at 8.37, I, I'm assuming this was all the same night. Or do you think it was two different, like, a night, a day, and then they called them the next day? I think it was the same night. Yeah. Um, so then at 9.30, maybe 10 o'clock, late night lecture on yeah, and American it must, politics. That's the weird thing, right? Because it can't have been that late because uh, they hadn't eaten dinner yet. Like, on here, it had just finished that rib roast or whatever. And... <laughs> one of my favorite lines of the episode when Batman's like, don't worry, we'll eat some hot pancakes later. It's like, what? What? That's a, that's a thing? <laughs> Was that a thing back then? You miss dinner, you cook up a couple of flapjacks and uh, have those like right before you go to bed. Seems like Nightmares more work. All yeah, it seems like more work. <laughs> like, you know, like I could just cut up some of this rib roast and fry it in a skillet or something or you know or yeah just heat it up later or come on Aunt Harriet you you can keep keep it warm I'm sure um they have an Alfred Alfred you warm that shit up yeah some more rib roast I don't care if it's late go out to one of the rich man's restaurants and uh find (laughs) that's a little a uh that's a little reference for later in the show um but is it just me, or is this intro a little, this cold open a little longer and more meaty uh, than than episodes past? No, it definitely, it, it, we had a multiple transitional states. Mm-hmm. We had the bank, GCPD, Dwayne Manor, and then, like, you know, Batman going to the Bat phone, Gordon looking desperate, waiting for his ass to pick up. Like, you know, like a cokehead, and then into the bat. <laughs> yep. We've got a... What did he say? He says, uh... Uh, a big holdup. No, a hol- uh, that's just it. It's a holdup. A big one! And then, uh... We're into the credits sequence. When we return, it's... We pick up right at where we left off, and it's to the Batmobile to hear those words that I gotta hear... Which is atomic, batteries to power, turbines to speed, and they're off. This, I love that sequence. I love it every time it happens. I don't think it's I'll ever get favorite. tired of it. Nope. I, I agree with you. It's my favorite. Like, in fact, we get a special treat this round of episodes. Because it's said twice. Right, that's true. And yeah, we get sure. two awesome Batno mobile moments um which i guess kind of makes up for the lack of of fisticuffs yeah sorry folks this one's a thinking person's uh <laughs> batman 66 <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so they pull up to what looks like the back door of police hq yeah yeah, like, which doesn't look like it matches the front of police HQ at all. <laughs> no, not even a little. I mean, it looks like somebody's office on the set. Um, because it looks like a studio lot more than anything. But it's just funny that usually they they pull up to this giant sort of uh, pillared 
building that we we see later in these episodes but this time they're like going around back it's late so they have to go through the back door yeah it's almost like they didn't shoot that other sequence at night so that way they could have two versions of it but uh yeah they take the back door take that for what you will yeah (laughs) there you go take that all the way to the bank not the one that was robbed in this episode of course because when we're inside the uh the police station i guess it's still the same night so they're they're burning the midnight oil trying to figure out what exactly went down uh with this this uh this repeat criminal and it turns out they've only stolen exactly a hundred thousand dollars they left easily five or six hundred thousand more did not take anything more than a hundred thousand dollars and uh as they're trying to puzzle this over chief o'hara comes up with a great lead that really proves why he's the chief number one but also reveals to the audience why they have not solved this case because or any case or any case exactly because chief o'hara is uh he puts together that yes it was stolen on april 1st and it was exactly the same amount every year it must be to pay their income taxes dude dude the the line that batman says afterwards tells you exactly how he feels about chief (laughs) o'hara like it is it's the biggest diss i've ever heard batman say even the look on like adam west's face as he's emoting this is just like oh my god (laughs) everyone in the room drags chief o'hara after he says this yeah oh my god it's like loyal taxpayers stooping to criminal methods Oh, oh, he's like, well, now that you say it that way, bit, you know, like, yeah. yeah, no, it's oh, Batman, oh, what a fool I've been. Oh, well, time to go hit the old mother's medicine. <laughs> I have to find a phone to shit on. <laughs> <laughs> say, Commissioner, can I borrow the bat phone for give me like 20 minutes? Yeah, no, of course not. Get out of here, Chief. <laughs> we talked Folds. about this. Folds Call your sponsor. Folds the newspaper underneath his arm and just walks out. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll have to make do with another phone. <laughs> oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> <Wait. Anyway. laughs> kind of went piratey there, the last line. but um, So Batman comes up with a pretty brilliant plan. He... Decides to uh, call the paper and plant a fake story. A story that the, the the thief stole counterfeit bills. And this next sequence I love. <laughs> because we cut to a newsie on the street who is uh, propagating this information. And um, a guy just comes up. Like kind of snakes around his side. Very close to him. And is like. Say, uh, why why was the counterfeit money in uh, Gotham General anyway? And he's like, uh, don't ask me, I'm just a newsie. It's in the paper. 
Yeah, no, he's like, the buy the paper if you want to read it. And then he goes, say, why is that the case? And then he reads it. <laughs> oh, they were sitting there to, to await transfer to, to be destroyed. Okay, makes sense to me, he says to the camera. <laughs> he turns down the barrel of the camera and be like, that makes sense to the audience. <laughs> It's like, were you following? Now you follow. (laughs) So that part is like easily one of my favorite parts in this episode. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I'm okay with that level of exposition. (laughs) I mean, this is the... It happens once in each episode. So, uh, or is it twice in this episode and none in the other one? what like the talking straight to the audience yeah i think it's maybe just twice in this episode no this one is, yeah no this is twice yeah okay yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, spoiler someone else does it but we won't say who until we get there. <laughs> yeah if you've seen this episode before you might know yeah. but um i love the yeah so i love the newsy part and, but after that, we're back in the Batcave, and one thing I didn't mention before is that they had found one of the bullets that the guard shot at the uh, dastardly criminal, and uh, they they say that their lab was unable to, to extract any fibers. But back in the Batcave, the Dynamic Duo's uh, computer equipment uh, is more than a match for this for this bullet, and they're able to extract many fibers. You mean their Viewmaster? their their spectra their uh super spectrometer their bat spectrometer uh which looks like a a view master but they they find evidence of orange wool rainbow silk and ambergris which is used in perfume robin so they determine it has to be a woman (laughs) with these with these uh clues then then it must be a woman but not catwoman who is name dropped in this episode I immediately was like, I wish this one was about Catwoman. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that Meow. sprinkle. You know, yeah. like, yeah, she's around, so don't think we forgot about her type of thing. But she was safely up the river. Yep. Catwoman was. Uh, no, my fa- the the crook is a lady. Hardly a lady, Robin, but female. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great... Oh man, hey, such a great Adam line. West, hold on, my Adam West went. I'm tired. Okay. Then. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, gotta get it. Hardly a lady, Robin, but female. But female. <laughs> um. So they race off uh, to do whatever with that information. And we are uh, then introduced to the gnome bookstore. Which sells various occult manuals, apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Avil uh, Ektor. Ekdal. Ekdal. Yeah. Right. Avil Ekdal. I have him written as Abel Ektor, Evil Ekdal, and Abel Ekdal. <laughs> All close. Yep, All pretty still, close. All still wrong. Yep. <laughs> but um, close. But he's the proprietor of this weird bookstore, sh- and uh, then we're introduced to Zelda the Great. She enters in a puff of orange smoke, wearing a 
Like, the, the color she's wearing is unmistakably of this time, but also terrible to look at. Um, it's just yeah. like an orange Julius of an outfit. Yeah, it's too much orange. No, and it's like a burnt orange. It's not like a pleasant, like, bright o- orange. It's just like a very saturated brownish orange. It's it's like, anyway, it's, it's bad, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's her thing. There are couches in that color. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and shag carpeting and the interior of very coolly painted vans. Towels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a it's not a flattering uh, color, to say the least. Yeah. But um, he really lays into her because, uh, indeed, he has found out via this very newspaper that... Um, the the bills that she bought brought for him uh, are counterfeit, and of course, in this scene, we find out the reason, the motivation for everything. She is an illusionist of the highest order, mm. and um, uses uh, evil, 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 evil Ecuador. Um, <laughs> she uses him to to build her. Um, her grand illusions. He he, he builds the machinery, um, and he mm-hmm. always charges a hundred thousand dollars. Right. It's like it's a flat fee for his services, I guess, regardless of the uh, the, the the complexity of the contraption that he's made. Um, but she just has like you know she she has to pay this in order to do her shows. And and she puts off this this really big show about like she's really lamenting her her life of crime, but uh, Abel's not having any of that. He recognizes glycerin, a little glycerin tear, uh, dropper that she's concealed, and these are this is these are of course crocodile tears, and she is uh, she's not she's not really sorry about being a a thief. I guess. I mean, yeah, she is a fairly redeemable character, kind of, in some moments. At least that's what the end of the episode, the two-episode arc, would like us to believe. But she gets up to some pretty heinous stuff in this this little arc. But um, he agrees, he's not going to let her have the the contraption, obviously, that she wants so badly. Because she has to get that $100,000 in a legitimate $100,000. He can't. He can't cash this this counterfeit nonsense, but he will show her what he's made, and uh, it is called the Doom Trap. Is that correct? The the yeah, inescapable the doom, doom Trap. It is the Doom Trap. Correct. It is with and unbreakable it. jet age plastic. Uh, combining, age, I guess. Yep. <laughs> Which uh, surrounds a grate that spews poisonous, uh, crazy purple knockout gas. And uh, that grate is electrified. And the real trick here is there's no way to escape. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the guy who built it was like, "Mm -hmm." I don't know. Listen, yeah. he's, so his, his, his great plan is that he 
he needs Batman eventually to come and get in this thing and then escape. And <laughs> in doing so, he will have discovered how you escape from the un- unescapable doom trap. I mean, that is a way to do it. <laughs> Isn't this sort of similar to the Penguin's plan? Where they're like, we'll just let Batman tell us where to rob. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just pretty much like, again, cheating off of Batman's homework. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, uh, I built something. I have no idea the escape out of it. This um, master escape artist in Zelda the Great also doesn't know how to escape out of it. Uh, let Batman do it. <laughs> and it's like if I was if I was Zelda the Great at that point, I would have been just been like, no, give me my money back. I'm not paying for this. So you just made a box that was really hard to get out of, and your idea is that Batman might be able to get out. Cool plan, Avil, you dumb bastard. Like, I mean, what was she gonna do with that knowledge afterwards? Like, yeah, we'll get there, but after. Batman, spoiler alert, does escape? That She can't use that. <laughs> like, no. Because more than likely would be dead. Yeah. And yeah. is ruined. The, the, <laughs> the box is ruined yeah, by the escape. Like, yeah, jet age plastic. Eh, eh, maybe more like, you know, a pretty decent Tupperware container or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um but uh but ba- worry not because uh, Batman the second part of Batman's plan is that now that he's fed the he's put that that information out there that is false he now um will plant a uh a valuable looking uh, emerald but this is no normal normal emerald. It's a synthetic emerald, and uh, one that it they have <laughs> that is hollow in the center and has a tiny tracking device in it. Which immediately I thought this is the worst plan ever because a it's easy to see when something clear is not solid, and then b when you just pick it up and be like, what is this? Why is there something knocking around in this emerald? Yeah, this, this doesn't this doesn't pass the look or feel or I guess taste test at a certain point. Like if it's like resin too or whatever, like you know, it's not gonna feel like a jewel. But same time, I think Batman has a pretty good three D printer, so I guess probably get so. a reasonable facsimile out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it was it's weird because I don't remember the article right off the bat so I don't remember anything about that uh, the gem initially but I think when you re-see it you can see the little this famous gem's gonna be there so it's a very elaborate ruse yeah he planted two stories one that there was this the money was counterfeit and the second one that um, the, the emerald was on display I think they when they go back to Avil's uh, workshop, that's when they are they they still are reading the single newspaper to get all their information uh, about this heist. And 
you know, Zelda catches on pretty quick that this is all too, a little too convenient. I mean, I guess not quick enough. She doesn't assume there's anything wrong. Like, she assumes that the money story is real. But the Emerald story is planted by Batman. That part kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's a little confusing. In a sense that um, she's like nine-tenths of the way there, right? Like like you said, she, she picks up on it real quickly going, oh. I don't think so. This seems more like a trap um, because it's too convenient. And that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, then just assuming that the money was real or the fact that maybe there's only one newspaper in all of Gotham City. So versus the other one's like, no, no, for real, that money was real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stole it from the bank. <laughs> Breaking newspapers prints fake story. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they keep calling Avil a... She keeps calling him, like, a mad Albanian genius. But yeah. he doesn't sound... That's not an Albanian accent he's doing. <laughs> I don't know what accent it is. Maybe he's doing, like, a weird Italian accent. But uh, they did not... He did not practice his Albanian accent, I don't think. Well, you didn't think that Jack Krushin or Krushin... Canadian-born <laughs> actor <laughs> couldn't play a crazy Albanian. He looks and like they hired him to be an evil carnival carnival barker, and that that story just didn't work out. So, like, you play basically evil Geppetto. Yeah, who refers to himself in the third person all the time. Evil, evil actor doesn't like this. Yep, but you know, at least he was an episode of. Uh, uh, oh wait! <laughs> Holy shit! What? What? Fuck! I'm just taking a look at it, and I was like, it like I just got the whole sense memory. So I was like, let me go take a look at his, you know, IMDb because maybe he is a crazy Albanian. Uh, by the way, don't be. That's just racist. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't do. But, don't say that. But he was in Webster, and he was Papa Papadopoulos. Oh, there you go. God, I knew I knew that face from somewhere. It did look familiar. And but I'm he just was like, in Living Single. <laughs> Shit, the... <laughs> the, the circle of life. <laughs> he played more in Love Thy Neighbor. Whoa! All right, this guy—he's—he's now in my book. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah. Hill Street Blues. He definitely. (laughs) You're gonna go on a little Abel Ector rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to see what this mad, insane magician arms dealer's life is like. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm for it. (laughs) So, um. We cut then to uh, the jewelry st- uh, store, or mm. whatever, gallery, where uh, Batman and Robin have brought their synthetic emerald, and we get uh, introduced to Mrs. Stone, I believe, or Miss Stone, I believe her name is, the jewelry <laughs> proprietor named Miss Stone, very cool. Um, but, man, is she thirsty for Batman and Robin. 
there's a lot of thirst in this these two episodes. But oh yeah. yeah, she is super enamored with them. Like, I don't even think Batman looks at me, my dog Batman, that is, with that type of look. If I'm holding like a steak. Oh yeah, yeah. Maybe if you were made of steak and you and you just got off. Uh, the barbecue grill would your dog look at you like this woman looks at Batman and Robin because they're looking like a snack uh, <laughs> to the point where they have to po- they have to point it out Robin's just like we're just regular people under here this garb is just one of our weapons in crime fighting mm-hmm. so they I mean, uh yes Batman but she's thirsty there you go yep <laughs> she sure is um yeah so with with uh sort of obvious lust in her eyes they they tell her their their plan is they need to a place to hide and there is conveniently a tiny balcony <laughs> just yeah. in the corner of the room <laughs> that's all it is for too. no reason yeah no one's sitting up there nope like, and they're just like oh great a tiny balcony <laughs> so they uh they make their way up there um uh, to lay in wait. Yep. But little do they know that Zelda the Great is watching them from across the street. <laughs> yep. So part of their setup is that not only, you know, their 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 special um weapon will be the Batmobile cuz they'll track this uh this emerald that way. And so they've they've hidden it under a very obvious like tent that is across the street and they uh <laughs> Batman has Robin go out and check on the check on the Batmobile like and he's he just like traipsing across the street in broad daylight dodging cars and stuff and like flipping the tent open so you, everyone could see the Batmobile it's the worst laid plan you've ever seen yeah, I mean, it would completely work if she wasn't there and everyone was uh, remotely oblivious to Rob and the Boy Wonder walking around in broad daylight. <laughs> this, <laughs> this 25-year-old guy with a satin cape and under and like green underoos and white tights just, <laughs> just dodging cars a- across the street. Um, two, two workers who are completely and utterly not working and haven't worked all day either. Nope. The yeah. most obvious police officer disguised as workers, but as you said, Zelda the Great is is uh, watching them from across the street, and this is the second instance of the uh, talking directly to camera, because uh, she's like, "Oh, Batman, you are just as I thought," and then she turns to the camera and she's like, "Looks like I'll have to get that money some other way." <laughs> I mean, but this one was probably the most deliberate. every time else it seemed very sly this one was like yeah you yeah asshole on the couch i'm talking to you yeah i'm I'm talking directly to you yeah i need some help planning this heist what should i do next i'll need to get the money somewhere else do you know anyone who has any money (laughs) (laughs) and uh very ominously we cut from there to wayne manor and an empty Wayne Manor, and the the phone is ringing, and who should answer it but Aunt Harriet? And she hears a very distressing story about uh, about Dick Grayson being beaned in the head with bat and ball. 
Like, both of them? I think she said something to that effect. Yep. And, uh, what's that? You've already sent a special taxi for me. I'll wait outside. Ma'am, to live in the 60s. Yep. The gullible, gullible 60s where... (laughs) With Mrs. Smith, the playground matron calls you up. To tell you yeah. about something happening to, to your uh, your your nephew. Yeah, but also referring to your nephew by full name. <laughs> yep, somehow. Where, where Dick Grayson? <laughs> oh, right, my nephew. The boy wonder what? <laughs> yeah, that one always that one weirded me out a little bit. Not gonna lie. Yeah, but she was like, Dick Grayson got struck in the head with a bat and ball. <laughs> is it my dick grayson that is my yep. nephew after all so uh we go from there back to the jewelry store and mm. we see batman and robin hiding in the tiny balcony <laughs> just dying of leg cramps it's been two hours yeah i i enjoyed that um because we didn't really get to see the balcony until this point. And then after seeing the balcony, I was like, why would an architect make this part of their... What is the purpose of this balcony? Yeah. The answer is just to, to hold... It's sort of a cramped space for two grown men in costume. Who, as the camera pans up from um, Mrs. or Miss Stone showing off the... Uh, the, the, the various jewels and what have you to the assembled crowd... Um, just having Batman and Robin's head just kind of peek over the railing of the balcony was so delightfully stupid. <laughs> Wait, hmm? Hmm? Huh? Oh, she's hmm? not there yet. Okay, well, let me let me go back. <laughs> Let's wait. Like, oh my god, I had a scream bloody murder the first five minutes I was up in that thing. My days, God, why? <laughs> This is a terrible architecture feature. You should be shot, Frank Lloyd Wright. (laughs) Sorry, only architect I know. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Then the fakest old lady you have ever seen comes in, coughing and and generally acting fake as as all get out. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And here comes the purple smoke. And Zelda transforms into her or- orange self, preening about her uh, her win. And uh, uh, the, it, she looks like she's just kind of enjoying her, the, you know, how smart she is. And then, to the tune of a slide whistle, Batman jumps from the balcony, Which <laughs> landing I behind was her. Cool. It was cool, and him landing in the light and casting a Batman shadow on oh, God, her. The shadow looked like saying he scared himself. Who is that what raggedy I... ghost, Robin? Oh, yeah, that's, it's, oh, it's just me. It's like, what have I done with my career? Because <laughs> like, I was like, ah! like the arms went up and then went down real quick. Like he's almost yeah. ashamed of himself. <laughs> it had a real sort of, uh, it had a, it meant was meant to be sort of a cool image, but it it ended up looking pretty funny. But um, 
the boy wonder then jumps down kind of after him and and they go after zelda but she vanishes vanishes and it turns out the little mirrors on her hat because of course in the 60s anything could be described or could be explained by the use of mirrors so yep the the mirrors were able to to create a sophisticated hologram and she escapes um and uh ditched the emerald so she it's clear that she has them all figured out um and it turns out that just as you may have suspected because of the earlier scene zelda has kidnapped aunt harriet and is holding her ransom for a hundred thousand dollars and they're trying to find bruce wayne but nobody can get a hold of him Isn't Aunt Harriet being held in the most evil way possible? This was rugged. This was <laughs> this was kind of like the most rugged thing I've ever seen someone do on this show. Uh, because she is like hanging from these very thin wires you can't even see. It looks like she's sort of just suspended in midair. Kicking and, and like totally blindfolded above a tub of burning oil. Yeah, this is pretty heinous. Yeah. Like, like straight heinous. Like, it was like, man, Zelda, you know, before I was all right with you thinking like, a hundred thousand, it's okay, but you're going to do this, Aunt Harriet? I don't like you no more. Yeah. This is where she definitely turns into one of, a proper member of uh, Batman's rogues gallery. Um... And uh, I like this this next the part before they the episode ends where uh, Batman and Robin are discussing the situation and the fact that they that Aunt Harriet has been captured and Dick is about to call her Aunt Harriet and uh, one of the police officers who is dressed up as a power worker just walks into frame like right next to Batman staring at them both. <laughs> And Batman's like, X-nay on the Ariat, hey. And uh, they have to be like, uh, I mean, uh, Miss Cooper. Yeah, I thought this was actually a very nice change of pace uh, from them being in a death trap one way or the other. This one was a make, you know, put someone else in the, uh, you know, in the... I can't even think of the word. The target, the bullseye. You know, yeah. Someone else is, someone else is that. They only have an hour to deal with it. It uh, changes the stakes because Aunt Harriet is about as innocent as you can get as a character, as far as we know. Yeah. Um, and so having her in peril and like the mistakes that Batman and Robin have made have 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 allowed this to happen. It. I thought it was really interesting as well, but uh, that is the end of uh, of this episode, and we're on to the next, which, as you mentioned, is episode ten, a death worse than fate. Yeah, quite happy to see that the uh, rhyming scheme between the episodes' titles are we're back to norm. <laughs> yeah, it's to back to being Freeze decent. Well, you know, <laughs> the 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 rats like cheese. You're like, you're like what? what? Good. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what's that guy do with some dude who freezes? But get get out of here. Whoever wrote this, you should be ashamed of yourself. 
And uh, so after the intro, we get a we we get that recap, which I just want to bring up, like, um, the the, well the uh, episode. Yeah, they they talk about the entire episode, which is which we get actual clips this is this time instead of still pictures, which I thought was cool. Um, <laughs> that it like, but there's a couple funny lines that um, uh, what is his name? Yeah, Bill Dozer that does at the start here with uh, a pair of crooks and one's a doll. (laughs) That man set a doll trap, but the doll turned the tables. (laughs) It's like, okay, all right. Yeah, we get you, Dozer. We get you. (laughs) It it was very long. It was. They really. Well, that first episode had did so much there's so much in that first episode the, the second episode of this arc kind of flies by yeah i mean at this point it's at least we're only jump i mean we actually go to the same places that we did in the first one just you know like the gnome bookstore is probably the main feature at this point but yeah i guess i could see the need for this really long kind of episode recap versus the other ones but you know it was still the worst is yet to come so we knew some bad stuff was around (laughs) the bend and but first we get some great stuff because we are treated to another fantastic scene in the police hq um where commissioner gordon is lamenting the absence of bruce wayne and how hard it is to find him um Chief O'Hara says they, they've checked every, uh, they've done, he's been unable to, he just finished calling every rich man's club and eatery in town. And Chief O'Hara's like, I bet he's out on his yacht, eating sherbet and changing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're, they're kind of like, they're thinking about what it must like to be a, a millionaire. Um and like Chief O'Hara's idea of what a millionaire does is eat sherbet on his yacht and change clothes. I never had a change of clothes in my life. Where my I? <laughs> I never take this uniform off. I can't now. Physically I can't. If I do it it'll peel my skin. Oh god. Oh god, I wish I had a yacht so I could change clothes on it. That's the only place I think you can change clothes. <laughs> Sweet Sherbert. <laughs> I mean, who likes Sherbert? No, right? Yeah. It's like, um, I like tart ice cream. Good luck. And then, like, Dick gets, of course, like, he's like, oh, Batman's, I mean, Bruce is probably doing great stuff. And and then Commissioner Gordon, uh, who, I'm, who I'm gonna call no, no Permissioner Gordon, comes over and just starts like grabs him by the arm and just like starts rubbing his shoulders <laughs> like oh boy wonder i know i know it's okay <laughs> yeah there was a the, yeah get i don't know i don't know if it was the it's been the pandemic that's made this worse but, like, now when people do something like that on a TV show, even one from way in the past, I get even more weirded out by it than I <laughs> naturally am. 
Like, that would make me a level uncomfortable, because I would never want anyone doing that to me. But yeah. then all of a sudden, like, I see it now, I'm like, oh my god, what if he's sick? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see him wash his hands once! So, yeah, He's just touching me? On my crime-fighting clothes? Get away from me! I, he found uh, the, the one patch of bare skin, and it's just rubbing it absentmindedly? Yeah. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah. But, but uh, just then, is, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, there is a really... I do like this one line Gordon throws. It's always the pawns that get the worst of these games. I like <laughs> that line. Which is, yeah, that's actually pretty profound. And I think one of those themes that superhero uh, movies and TV shows wrestle with a lot, right? The sort of, you are a hero, but you being a hero can um, bring misfortune onto the people around you that you love. So... Uh, interesting to see that in this context as well, but just when uh, just when the 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 shoulder rub is maybe uh, getting a little too intense, uh, Dick is saved by Bruce. He he finally has shows up after changing his clothes and eating some sherbet. Yep, that'd be great if he was like finishing off like a cup of sherbet as he comes in, and we just get a shot of Chief O'Hara being like, "Oh, I knew it! Knew it. Look I'm just gonna when and nobody's looking. I'm gonna jump into that trash can and get some of that sherbet." <laughs> like, oh, look at him wearing a belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these I've never seen him wear those pants before. Um, must be nice. Why Must is he a pirate? Nice. I made him a pirate now. Arr, I can't hair. I Arr. wish I had a single other pair of pants. Um, a change of socks. <laughs> the very least. But it turns out that um, uh, apparently uh, this mystery kidnapper wants to... Um, has a very weird way of uh, contacting for Ransom. She She wants to talk to them while they're on television which okay so i guess that proves to her that that everyone who's speaking is who they say they are i guess because i can't think of any other way in which this this is a good idea (laughs) or clever i think it's a way to hold them accountable like you can't trace her or right yeah i mean (laughs) This whole sequence was weird. Yeah, this I'm is like, but it is interesting, right? So they they get her on the phone and Robin immediately just confesses that uh that the money that she has is is real and that she already has the money and she doesn't didn't need to do any of this. Which is kind of a brilliant tactic. I feel like any other episode that we've seen of this show some MacGuffin would have come in and they would have like heard something in the background and then immediately known where it was that they would have gone and and rescued Aunt Harriet. But sort of by telling the truth and just giving the, the criminal exactly what they want, it ends up diffusing the situation right away. She's like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll definitely bring her back. And they have, they kind of like, thought in advance that there was a good chance that she would not buy it so because they have several like uh 
different uh forms of proof that this is this is true uh including Bruce, like the fakest sheet of paper with the wax yeah. seal on it. Like, it's been notarized that. she's like well it's been notarized i mean you can't just fake that yeah then it turns out that we now know why bruce wayne is a millionaire because he owns the bank <laughs> he literally owns the bank <laughs> um but yeah, she just like, yeah, no, I'll drop her off. No problem. I have the money. I, I don't even know what I was doing. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> Let me get this old lady hanging over this oil drum fire pit. Yep. <laughs> Look like she's swinging from an, her neck. Yeah. No yep. let's, get, let's get her down. So she uh, is dropped off in the same... Um, uh, in the same sort of corner that 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 doozy from before was at, and uh, is like, get me a police officer. I've been kidnapped, and I, my family's probably worried. I would have liked to turn and be like, man, hopefully she doesn't return. Don't say that, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> the the guy, the doozy, should have looked down the barrel of the camera and been like, oh, well, I get guess Aunt Harriet's back. Yeah, just might as well fill fill this in. <laughs> but uh, she, so she she's taken back to Wayne Manor, and the and she the doctor is like, oh, she put up a real fight before accepting sedition, 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 sedition. Yes, sedition, yes. She is yeah. she is she is going to be sent somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and we find out get mo. <laughs> We find out that uh, she, that Alfred has, is racked with guilt because he blames himself for for not answering the phone. Because, of course, he would be wise to this scheme because Alfred is, is, is learned in the ways of crime fighting. We haven't mm-hmm. gotten to an episode of like this yet, but he puts on the cowl at various points during oh, the show. I can't wait for that first episode. Watch that oh, yeah. mustache underneath the cow. Like... <laughs> and the scarecrow is, <laughs> is it's just hanging off. The costume just hanging off him. Uh, yeah, I love those episodes. But not this one. He um, he, he, he was down cleaning the, um, the Batcave, but it wasn't, it was the wrong schedule. He was supposed to clean it another day. But his obsession with a TV program uh, threw off his schedule, and 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 he is blaming himself for the uh, Aunt Harriet's um, abduction. Rightfully so. Yeah, and yeah, I'm blaming him. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean but it's that his fault. Life in danger, should... sweet. I mean, we never get an idea of what this TV show is. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, has, it's Alfred's stories. He is, uh, enamored with it. But, you know, at least he makes up for it. Right? Yeah, because like, he's discovered the location of, uh, where Aunt Harriet was being held because, as they took her upstairs, a matchbook fell out of the back of her pocket, and it's the gnome bookstore. Of course, the, the number one thing you have is a, uh, little souvenir gift from a bookstore, matches <laughs> yeah don't you yeah sure I, i've got i mean i never need to buy a match again i got so many barnes and noble matches in my uh in 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 my cupboard but yeah okay good i thought you were being weird <laughs> of course not 
I always <laughs> used to go to Borders and be like, okay, well, let me see. Let me get a couple of, you know, EGMs and let me get a book and well, let me, I'll take it. Well, they're free, so let me just take, you know, like six Give or seven books some of those matches. matches. Yeah. I um, love smoking a cigarette while reading a book. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course, the classic Borders combo. The the Borders 1-2, as they're called. Mm. Um, but, uh, so, uh, Batman and, and, uh, and Robin are off. Um, and in the car over, we, uh, cause Batman had sort of revealed that he believes he knows who it is, uh, that, that was the, uh, the, the culprit. And, um, so they, they, <laughs> they had, uh, there's only like, what, 26, 27, 27. female, ma- 27 female magicians in the world. No, no. I guess. Or in no, Gotham. No. 27 female magicians licensed to practice magic in Gotham okay. City. 20 <laughs> licensed female magicians. Um, and, uh, you know, since they they determined that only one of them uses a, has a, a famous straitjacket uh, trick. And that's the one that Bruce took Dick to see for his birthday last year. And I guess they didn't recognize when they saw her hologram earlier. I mean, you gotta figure the fidelity on a hologram, mirror hologram in the mid-60s had to be like 480p, so it'd be kind of (laughs) hard. It's a little blurry, okay. Makes you wonder why they were fooled by it in the first place, but I get what you're saying. You know, well, a lot of orange, right? So you're like, oh, too much orange, and... Yeah, just diffused by that. Versus probably the orange she wore at his birthday party. Anyway, let's, <laughs> let's not have to think about it. Let's not, let's not think, think about it. Um, but uh, so they're, they're off to the bookstore. And speaking of bookstore, that's where we're going to go next. We cut to the bookstore. And, of course, Avil is uh, the so-called Mad Albanian, as they call him in this scene. Uh, is a yeah, that the twist. They used to. <laughs> yep. Um, but he, of course, is, is willing to give uh, Zelda her uh, her contraption now that he knows the money is real and it was the real the whole time and all this all this nonsense has been uh, unnecessary. Um, but it turns out that he has a little deal on the side because not only. Does he need Batman to show up to show them how this thing works that he's built? But he's also made a deal with the crime syndicate, um, or just the syndicate as it's called, uh, to to kill Batman or to or to offer up Batman to the mobsters so they can kill him. So he he is a true rascal, whereas Zelda is a bit of a a bit of a rogue and certainly, you know, um, certainly a, a, a ne'er do well, but, but no, nowhere near the actual criminal that this, this evil evil is. Yeah. She just seems to steal because she wants to perform and that's the only way she can do it. Cause maybe she's great at performing, just not great at like, you know, managing her pocketbook. Uh, or just maybe yeah. finding someone else who who charges her what the trick box is worth and not $100,000 every single time. Well, I just don't know why she just doesn't make it herself. Right. Exactly. She 
yeah, what is she? <laughs> she's a performer and and a, a talented, uh, close up magician, I think, but maybe not. I'm not a guess. Uh, like I don't a, know where an inventor. Buy... Yeah, but I don't know where you go buy those boxes that you can saw people in half with. So you know. no, <laughs> I guess she buys them from this evil guy in the back of his bookstore, <laughs> of course. Yeah, that just happens to focus on what occult and arcane works. But you know, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. So they, um, she reveals that she she is the one who planted that matchbook in the pocket of Aunt Harriet, um, uh, having already figured. You know, she's already like two steps ahead, having already figured out Avil's scheme, because he he wouldn't be forthcoming about it before. But um, now that the gangsters are here, uh, all the pieces begin to fall into place. They they have uh, Abel set up two sarcophagi uh, that have a very obvious little shooting hole in the uh, center of them, and those are flanking the the stage that the uh, an inescapable doom trap is on. And uh, both Abel and Zelda go backstage because I guess. In the back of Abel's bookstore, he has a full stage set up. But again, let's—I guess we don't talk to. Let's not ask too many questions, because he also has a pair of uh, periscopes, a pair of periscopes back there that see directly into the bookstore and pretty much whatever the camera is looking at. Very, very specific periscopes. <laughs> yep. So he's really been. This has been a plan of his for a long time. Um, obviously, he's going to... Yeah, <laughs> right? Well, that's where he's going to make up the extra. The extra $100,000 from the, uh, the, the the mobsters. Yes, the syndicate. That's that's what's going to, to really make him profit now. I, I guess he's not asking for anything more. I think if I was... If I was giving the syndicate a chance to kill Batman, I would ask for a lot more. But he is just kind of stuck on this $100,000 uh, amount. Oh, look, 100k to finger Batman. Yep, that's what he says. That's how he, he says, says it. it. How do the I think they call it fingering Batman. I'm going to finger him raw. Uh, <laughs> he's going to get inside my box and then he's going to get fingered. Um <laughs> appropriate. Uh, the Batman enters the bookstore. He's already a little suspicious because it's not it's not locked, and uh, there's a note like a scavenger hunter style note left for Batman, um, telling him exactly where to look to find the book that uh, that opens the secret passageway into the back. And I'd like to think that Batman knows he gets what's going on. But is just like knows he needs to play the game in order to figure out what you know where everyone is and what's actually going on. But uh, I do love when he and Robin see the empty stage, and uh, I think he says, "Bizarre, a play without actors." And then <laughs> Robin says, uh, "Maybe we're in the script, or or maybe the this script is for us." And then uh, Batman says, there's only one way to find out. Let's enter the limelight. (laughs) Just fantastic. And uh, they they go up right up to the doom trap, just as I hope, as um, 
Avil had hoped they they would. And of course, there's a rubber bat inside that transforms into a bat skeleton. Ooh, but yet, Batman still does not leave at this point. He's just busy inside the doom trap being scared by a bat skeleton. Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, the trap has been sprung. Yep, they're locked inside. Yeah, the, it, it does. It, this cracks me up because Zelda's like, it's a shame to kill them because it's ha- they are handsome. Yep, she can't help he's it like, after she's all. Like, she's like, ooh, <laughs> yep, yeah. There's a real, there's some real gross shit that happens in this scene where you know Abel's just like, shut up, you're, <laughs> you're so horny. I hate it. Um, but yeah, she's be- also. As you as you said before, the, the Batman and Robin are thirst traps in this episode. Yeah, like like they're the Sonics of crime fighters, <laughs> right? They got so many they got so many drink combinations you won't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> but each one leaves you thirstier than the last. Yeah, because you know it's just like salt. It's not Gatorade. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, so the uh, he's got a uh, Abel has set up a, a a little micro PA system inside the box, so he's able to talk to the dynamic duo because they immediately they're like, "Hey, let's use the bat laser." You saw it in the previous, you know, the first episode or whatever. And uh, no, Abel said his jet age plastics are impervious to anything they have because apparently he's he's. Uh, versed in all of the stuff in their utility belts yeah i mean who knew jet age plastic could resist a laser yeah (laughs) apparently it can um and it's just about then that the uh the box starts filling up with a deadly purple gas okay this 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 weirds me out right so Zelda herself comes in a, a, a puff of orange smoke. <laughs> yep. But then when she did the old woman gag, it was purple smoke. Right. And then again, this is purple smoke. If he was making this trap towards her, wouldn't all this smoke be the same color? Wouldn't yeah. Be? Wouldn't it be orange? It, would, it should be orange. I just should be orange. It. it should be orange. It's. Like, I totally agree. It's like that combination of orange and purple would look hideous. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not a good Just look. like, yeah, no, it would, certainly would not. And you could see, like, you would be able to see her. It would not obscure her at all because the contrast would be so high and, and so inescapably hideous. But, um, uh, so the, the, as the, uh, the, the thing fills up with gas, um, Batman and Robin hunker down because they tried to, to open the grate, but of course it's electrified, and they both do some fun electrified acting. Um, but they <laughs> there's a very funny scene where they figured out they're like, okay, so there's gas. It must be flammable or have particles in it that can be ignited. So Batman needs the Boy Wonder to take off his belt, and they're going to use the the metal clasp to uh, to create a spark on the uh the grate which is electrified and so the whole scene where like batman is sort of like covered his face in the his cape and robin also has his cape but just over his head and he's trying to get his belt undone (laughs) so delightfully stupid i love it i mean but you know it worked 
It does. Yeah, it blows the hinges off the door. And again, as I was saying earlier, now the device is ruined. You can't just reset. It's like, uh, yeah, great. Now you know how to get out. You have to blow it up. I hope you have another $100,000 to make another one. I mean, I hope this thing didn't... This thing looked like, at best, it cost about, like, seventeen fifty to make. Like, <laughs> That's a big lock on the outside. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty comical. Like, you know, it still didn't look that well-sealed. Uh, like, uh, like, I think he was charging too much for... For this box but um, <laughs> you know, yeah he was obviously overcharging yeah but at the same time i'm surprised batman and robin didn't die due to that explosion because yeah they're <laughs> fine <laughs> the gas in that is replaced the oxygen in the place where they were just were turned into an explosion and they are fine yep well we don't know what their capes are made out of probably stronger yeah. stuff than that box yep yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is the the finest satin. It's like ah, it's you know twenty layers of silk. Beat that up. <laughs> so they escape as ever, as planned by the villains, and uh, just as the the syndicate is out is about to open up from their their hidden sarcophaguses, uh, Zelda really makes a hero turn and um and warns the the dynamic duo uh about their the trap and they're able to duck and the <laughs> syndicate just kills each other and they are like again this episode is rugged because they are both straight up dead and lest you be abused of that notion disabused of that notion uh, Batman's like, well, better call the morgue. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're wondering, are they just hurting the boxes? No, nope. no, they're pretty dead. Yeah, they fell over, man. They're dead. <laughs> and, and so uh, she is very thirsty for Batman. Comes out, she emerges from behind the curtain, and uh, Robin immediately is like, "Look, glycerin tears!" And Batman goes up and wipes the tears away and tastes it. <laughs> I, I just like, sniffed it, but sure. <laughs> I think you may have tasted it. Been like, no, they're real. <laughs> just cut to him licking her face. Oh, God. <laughs> sweet, sweet criminal tears. That's why I do this. Next um, week, jail for Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, it only gets worse. <laughs> the worst is yet. Go. <laughs> um, and then we get a, a rare flash forward epilogue scene where uh, that takes place at the Gotham Penitentiary female division. Uh, they're they're uh, quick to point out. And um, notice she isn't wearing her fucking criminal garb. Nope. Yeah, she doesn't get to wear her orange getup. She. Uh, yeah, she um, instead is uh, in a very fun, uh, fun. Do I want to call it fun? It's no bad. It's a very bad prison outfit that includes high heels and a Jackie O style little pillbox hat. Yeah, I mean, if you, you want to punish someone, you put them in that outfit. Yeah, you make them walk around in heels and while they're, like, shackled. Um, 
But it turns out Bruce has seen the good in her and decided for some reason to to, to take pity on the person who was going to flash fry Aunt Harriet alive mm-hmm. if she didn't get 100k. And uh, no, she will have a new job after she exits prison as an entertainer in a children's hospital. Yeah, the resident lady magician. Right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's how he phrased it. And uh, and sort of in her parting gift, she produces a flower from behind his ear and, and kisses it and tells him to have, give it to Batman if he ever sees him. And of course, she doesn't know he's talking to Batman. Yeah, but he kind of puts it, you know, in his, uh, I guess in, the, in in those days, fucking suits had like places to put flowers in them or some shit. So. Yeah, he, he places it in his lapel, I suppose, and, and yeah. uh, saunters off. Um, and and that's it. The, the end of the episode. We get a little sting talking about next week, and I guess it's the Joker again. Here's the funny thing. It is not. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> they fucked up somewhere. The next one's the Riddler. <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Whoops. I kind of was like, because they they said it as if it was the original like episode where they introduced the Joker. Because it just he just said Batman versus the Joker. But okay, well, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh well. I'm the Frank Gorshin's cool. I'm I'm uh, excited to see oh, another. Oh, I'm uh, for it. That was such a strong first two episodes. I'm looking forward to it. But I I had to check. I was like, the Joker so soon. Yeah, like, nope. it did seem weird, right? They're like, nope, no, no, no. You gotta wait a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, John, what did you think of this episode? So, overall, I liked them. I liked the pacing in this. It was definitely different. Like you said, not a single fist fight, and I was okay by it. Um, I think Zelda kind of suffers from the times. You know, like being a product of those times and, you know, that archaic way of thinking. Uh, But I enjoyed the fact that this was actually the first, like, uh, you know, female villain we got. And it wasn't Catwoman. You know, it's something... And I'm not sure if she was ever introduced in the comics or if she's like a post-comics thing or just for the show. But, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed how it shot. I didn't care for that, you know, you twisted Albanian genius <laughs> bullshit. Like, yeah. like, come on, man. Really? Like, it doesn't matter where he's from. We know he's Papa Papadopoulos. It's cool. Like, <laughs> you know, like, leave him alone. Um, I am from Albania. Yeah, um, it's like, no, you're not, dude. You're cool. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. Um, yeah, it had murder in it. It, it really did. Yeah, and it, it was it was a fun episode. It was definitely... I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, especially after, like, the uh, Mr. Freeze episodes. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, it was cool. They were cool, no pun intended. Uh, <laughs> to a point. But like, Good was, joke, John. Very clever. Yeah, it's not cool here in the... Uh, Brazil, where I've been residing <laughs> since you know, 
What are you talking about? My family moves here in back in the twenties, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, great episode. I had a lot of fun. I I really liked the detective work in this one. I liked the the clever use of like traps and counter traps, and yeah, I thought the just telling the villain the truth there at the end as a way to solve things was like really refreshing and. And cool stuff. I thought Robin got a lot to do in this episode that was that was cool. His whole acting during the TV part, uh, I thought was was really fun. And um, yeah, overall, I just really love these episodes. To your point, right after the Mister Freeze ones, it was just nice to get one that was good. I, you had mentioned earlier you didn't know if this character came from the comics. I did a little bit of looking after I watched this episode, and it looks like this character is made. Uh, specifically for the TV show, yeah. It's based on a story, a comic called Batman's Inescapable Doom Trap by uh, John Broom, Sheldon Moldoff, and Joe uh, Gaella in Detective Comics number 346. And in the original story, it was about a magician named the Great... Car- uh, no, Carnado the Great. Carnado the Great instead of Zelda the Great. So... Just kind of changed it to a woman, and uh, but like the Doom Trap stuff, a lot of that is directly from the comics. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm for it. That that sounds terrible. I'm glad they made it Zelda the Great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a really uh, fun couple of episodes. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Pop Saga, and we'll be back at you next week with something really special and fun. Um, but you'll have to wait to find out exactly what that is. But until then, uh, first off, if you want to get in, in touch with us, do you want to reach out? Do you want to be part of the conversation? Do you want to be part of the growing group of Pop Saga fans, of which there are at least ten all over the world? <laughs> um, ten? Uh, Man, we're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, we went <laughs> growing in popularity. <laughs> But uh, you can always contact us on our social media. Uh, on Instagram, we are at the Pop Saga, and on uh, Twitter, we are at the Pop Saga. If you want to be old school and uh, hit us up through email, you can do so. The Pop Saga at Gmail dot com the pop saga at gmail.com if you have suggestions or you have something you'd like us to cover or generally you just want to validate our decisions and praise us please reach out to us at that address uh and if, as always i we have to thank the most professional part of our show burton m6 for our both of our incredible theme song the original pop saga tune which is incredible and then this new Batman theme, which is just blew my mind and blows my mind every single time I heard it. And so he can be found on Fiverr. And, uh, you know, if you want like an awesome sounding podcast intro or just uh, music in general, I imagine that he will work with you to make that. So from me and John. 
I would like to say, as we always say, we hope that wherever you are at thou, <laughs> wherever you are at thou, Romeo, that uh, this episode finds you happy and healthy. And of course, we'll see you next week. Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Pop Saga, you know we gotta represent Talking about Batman, the show from 66 Like Zach, like Biff Honestly, it was the best Burt Ward, Julie Newmar, R.I.P. to Adam West Yes, the Batcave, and we love Wayne Manor Couldn't sit still And I heard that na-na-na-na-na-na-na We cannot forget it, every week we had to check it He's the number one vigilante and the greatest detective Yeah, pull up in the Batmobile You can't stop him, get him on the Batphone This is Pop Saga